Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, today's message. You know, we need to rejoice together. We need to mourn together. We need to pray together. That's what the church is called to do, isn't it? Amen. So continue lifting them up. Well, this morning is the third installment of my sermon series on the church. Pastor Dave will be back next week. Everybody say, all right. So Pastor Dave will be back. He'll be back in the pulpit, and that's going to be good. And then I get to go on vacation. Everybody say, all right. So I get to go on vacation after that. So um, we're going to have fun today. It is a very unorthodox message. We're going to be doing some different things, so don't freak out. It's going to be okay, because <clears throat> I'm kind of an unorthodox kind of guy. I like thinking outside the box a little bit. But you know, as a teacher, we have to do something. When you're completing a lesson, what do you have to do? You have to review. Everybody say review. See, we've got to do a little review real quick, because if we didn't do a review, I might have like a breakdown or something, you know. Got to have a review. So we're going to start out with a little bit of review from my first sermon which was Ecclesia, the call, the church, right? The called out ones. We're going to go through this really quick. It's not going to take very long. So let's, let's hit it. Everybody, you can read with me. The church is people. Everybody say, the church is people. The church is an organism. And the church is a body. I am the church. And in the first step in becoming the church is to... Now, I can read the rest of this. Thank you for your help. Accept Christ as my personal Savior. Second step, get delivered and healed. Third step, discover my purpose. Fourth step, fulfill my purpose by being a faithful servant. The, so my next sermon was talking about your place or your part in the body. Right? So we're going to serve God and others with my spiritual gift. That's, that's something that I have to do to be part of the body. i got to figure out how God has created me so that I can serve him and serve others. And you know my story about George Cecil in the shower and the revelation. You guys remember that? Yeah. I come out and I tell George, he's standing there. I say, George, love God and love others. That's the gospel. Do you know that? The synopsis of the whole gospel message, love God and love others. And then live at peace with all men, even my enemies. And we talked about what it meant to heap burning coals on their head, right? It's not an act of revenge like I've always thought. Yeah, I'll get them. I'll pray for them, and then God will heap coals on their head. Yeah. No. We found out that it's so that their heart can be turned, and that their heart can be contrite, and they will come to a place of humility, and that they will ask for forgiveness. So it's all about reconciliation. That's what we we have to do. We have to live at peace with our enemies and pray for them. So that gets us, that was a quick review, wasn't it? That wasn't too bad. That gets us to our message today. And so in contemplating this message, I actually had sat down with Pastor David, you know, weeks ago when we had laid it all out. So the first first part of the series was going to be, what is the church? The second part, what's my part in the church? The third part is, what if every joint supplied? You know that scripture? What if every joint supplies? Well, last night, Jesus made me change it. (laughs) 
So I scrapped the whole sermon and rewrote it yesterday. And so, sorry, Pastor Dave. All that planning went out the window last night. So my, my thing is going to say, Jesus made me do it. Right? That's like the catch-all, right? You can't, can't argue with that. <clears throat> no. Fitted stones. So that first, that first slide where we're at says fitted stones. We're going to pick up Matthew uh, 16, verses 13 and 19. And I, was, I went, and Kenny, Kenny and I went to Fayetteville on Friday and went to a men's conference. And the pastor there that was speaking, his name's Kenny Luck. And he presented um, some information about men's ministry. And one part of what he was talking about is <clears throat> Matthew 16, where Jesus says that upon this rock I'm going to build my church. You guys are familiar with that? Where he's talking to Peter, right? Well, that got me thinking. <clears throat> and I'm like, got to change my sermon. And so I scrapped it <clears throat> and, and went with something else that, man, just blew me away when I heard it. So I took his, I didn't take his whole sermon. I just took a little bit of it. <laughs> I just took a little idea out of it. Made it my own, made it better, and I'm going to preach it. Amen? Do it. So Matthew 16. So I'm giving I'm giving credit to Kenny. Luck where it is due. Let's pick up right here. It says, Now when Jesus came into the district of what is that? Uh Caricia Philippi, he was asking his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? So I want you to notice something here. Jesus says, who does everybody else say that I am? And they're all like, well, they say you're this, or they say you're that, or maybe you're one of the prophets, or maybe you're this. And then he looks at him, he says, but who do you say that I am? And I can just imagine the disciples all kind of standing around. And then when Jesus, it was easy for them to repeat what other people thought, but not so easy to articulate what they thought. A little indecision there is what I kind of see. Because there's only one person that spoke up, and who was it? Peter, Simon, right? He's the only one that spoke up to really say what he thought. Into, uh, as far as a response to Jesus' question. Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now it's kind of interesting when you, when you read this section of Scripture, because <clears throat> you know what Bar-Jonah means? It's son of Jonah, right? So that's what Bar-Jonah means. And, and Jonah actually means dove. So he's saying, blessed are you, son of Jonah. Who was Jonah? He was his dad. So what did Jonah do? You guys know? He was a fisherman. Right? So he was a fisherman. So a lot of us are, are, are read through this, and we don't really catch the, all the little intricacies of what's going on here. Because the way that I read this and the way that I've read a bunch of commentaries on it, Jesus was kind of putting him in his place. 
Because Peter steps up, or Simon, right? He steps up and he says, well, you're the son of the living God. You're the Messiah. So Peter had a revelation that did, was not from his own intellect. It was not from flesh and blood. It was not because of anybody that told him that. It was revealed to him by God. So Jesus says to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Why is he blessed? Did you ever wonder that? He's blessed because of the revelation that he received from God. It's not because of who he was, because he was the most outspoken, right? It's not because he was the biggest or the strongest or the baddest or the the most devout or anything like that, because in a few scriptures, what happens? See, because Peter can really step out there and say something awesome, but then he can also really put his foot in his mouth. How many people can identify with that? Put your foot in your mouth. Because later on, Peter, Peter, you know, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, rebukes him sternly when he says that he would never allow that to happen, that, you know, you're not going to die when Jesus starts to tell him about what he has to go through. So, so Jesus is saying, I, I read it like this. Jesus is kind of being nice in some, a way, but saying, you know, remember that you're just a son of a fisherman. It's not because you're all that. It's because of the revelation that God has given you. So let's continue reading. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. How many people, you you don't have to answer this, this might be a little rhetorical question, have ever read that and and thought that Jesus was saying that he was going to build Peter is translated rock, right? And it says, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. How many people have ever heard it preached or thought themselves reading through that, that Jesus was saying, upon Peter, he was going to build his church? Because that's the way it kind of reads, doesn't it? It says, he changes his name right there, by the way. It was Simon, and he changes it to Peter. So he calls him Peter, which Peter in Greek means little stone is a little rock. You guys know that? And upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. But if you look at the language here, it's actually kind of a play on words. Jesus was playing with the words a little bit because the first time in the Greek where he says, Peter, you're, you are Peter, he changes his name to little stone, the little rock. And upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Well, the first word used there for Peter, for rock, is actually Petros. Uh, Petros. In the Greek. So Petros means a small rock that's movable, it's shifting, it can roll, and it's insecure. That it's the masculine version of the word. If you study a lot of foreign languages, you know that some words have a masculine form and a feminine form. Well, in, in the Greek language, in order to have a a masculine noun, you have to have a, a masculine article. So, but in this case, it's, it's opposite. So when he goes to say, 
he says, Peter, which is a small stone, masculine form. Then he says, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. He uses the feminine form of the word. And so there's this play on words. So we know that it's two separate things. So in the other version of the word is Petra, which is feminine, which is a, a formation of rocks that is immovable, solid, and secure. So we have to figure out, what is, what is Jesus really saying here? It's not that I'm going to build my church upon Peter, the rock. Did you know that's what the Catholic church believes? You, were, you told me last night that you were raised in the Catholic church. Who's the first pope? P- Don't ask you that. Peter, right? The, the Catholic church, Jimmy Catholics we got in here. That's cool. Awesome Catholics. All right. They believe that Peter was the first pope because of this scripture right here. Because the way that they interpret that is that Christ is going to build the church upon Peter and that, that the uh, gates of hell will not prevail against him and that the keys to death, hell, and the grave were given to Peter. So every subsequent pope has that authority. Well, I beg to differ. It doesn't really mean that. So we're going to look and see what the original intent of Christ is. In order for us, we, we saw what the church was. We know what our part of the church is. But sometimes we have to go back to the original intent and look at the blueprints to see what God wants the church to look like. What did it look like originally so that we know how to go forward? What was the original intent? So let's take a look. I also say to you, Peter, small stone, upon this rock, collectively, the feminine, which is going to be my church. What does church mean? Ecclesia, right? The called out ones. So look at the picture that, that Christ is given here. He's saying that you, Peter, the small rock, you said something that was very important. You got a big rock idea, but it did not come from flesh and blood, but it came from my father. The idea is that Jesus is the son of the living God. And he's saying, hey, flesh and blood didn't tell you that. My father in heaven told you that. So upon that idea, that revelation that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, my church will be built. My ecclesia my called out ones will be fitted together. Because there's also in this definition an image of stones being hewn, being smoothed out and fitted together. And so that's the picture of the church, that, we, that Christ is going to build his church on the revelation of his sonship, that we're going to be hewn down as stones and we're going to be fitted together and we're going to create this thing that not even the gates of hell will prevail against somebody should get excited about that that's the picture that christ has given peter right there and i will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And they told him not to tell anybody. (laughs) He's like, shh, 
I just revealed the greatest secret that, that has been hidden in all the generations to you. It's been revealed to you. Shh, don't tell anybody. Not yet. But after Christ died, after all that, then it's going to be revealed to everybody that believes, right? That's, that's cool. So we're fitted stones creating this, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the church. True believers are truly blessed. It wasn't, and I, I kind of said this, but it wasn't the fact that Peter was all that. It wasn't the fact that he was big and strong or anything else. It was that he received the revelation from God. That's why he was blessed. Why are you blessed? Because Jesus said so. It's as simple as that. It's nothing that you'll ever do. It's nothing that you'll ever say. It's nothing that you'll ever become that makes you blessed. It's the revelation of the sonship of Jesus Christ is what makes you blessed. And man, we can take that to the bank. In the first service, I said, and that's all I have to say about that. You guys like Forrest Gump? I love that, man. <laughs> I watched it like 150 times, and that's all I got to say about that. It's the revelation of the sonship of Jesus Christ that makes you blessed. The true church. The true church is built upon the rock, the revelation of Christ's sonship. According to Matthew chapter 16 and 18. And I've asked some of the young people to help me out here with, uh, with part of this message. So they're going to be reading some scriptures as, as we go through them. John 13, or excuse me, John, or Matthew 16, 18. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. The true church shall be known by its members' love for one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The true church is not of this world. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is the truth. The true church recognizes the unity of the body of Christ. That they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them, even as you have loved me. The true church teaches men and women to observe all things commanded by Christ. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
the true church operates in the power of God. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. The true church worships in spirit and truth. But an hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The true church is made up of true believers walking in the fullness of Christ. You know, the past couple messages, I've, I've left you with something to think about. And today's not going to be any different. We have to look and see what the blueprint of the church is so that we know where we're going and we know what it's supposed to look like. I asked, you know, the last message that when Pastor Dave asked me to build the small groups and to do this and to do that, I stopped and I said, what does that look like? Well, sometimes we have to know what it looks like. We have to go back to the original intent of the architect. So my question to you is, what is is the church of tomorrow going to look like? What is the church of tomorrow going to look like? Well, I'll tell you what it's going to look like. It's going to look like what we model today. Let that sink in for a second. The church of tomorrow is going to look like what you model to your children. What are they seeing? Do they know what Christ has called them to? Do they know how God has created them? If they do, they will not depart. The word will never come back void. They will return no matter where they're at. And And Christ will build his church upon them. Amen? I want everybody to stand up. If you are under 21, 21 and under, I want you to come up front and stand with these young people. I'll hold your seat. I know you. (laughs) If you are under 21, I want you to come up here. I want, you, I want everybody here to extend their hands in faith and join me in prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, this, is the, this right here is the church of tomorrow. This is the church of tomorrow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray right now, God, for all of these young ones, Lord. Lord, we want to pass on a legacy, Lord God, to them that, that you see and you approve of. Lord, we want to pass on a church that is not impotent, that is not weak, but is endowed with power from God. Lord, your dunamis, your power, Lord God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for revelation that each one here has, is blessed because of their knowledge 
the revelation of the sonship of Jesus Christ. So I pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you endow each one of them with revelation, with power. Lord, I just pray right now that they understand the unity of Christ, that they begin to walk in it. They begin to walk in, in what that means, Lord God, to be united together, to be hewn stones fitted together in such a way that not even the gates of hell will prevail against them. That they will be joined together. That they will be the ecclesia, the called out ones. Lord, that your church will be built upon them. Upon their, the idea and the, of the revelation of Jesus Christ. That they will carry the burden and the weight of that. Lord, rise up on the inside of them. Right now. In the name of Jesus, impart to them a vision of the church, of the original intent, so that they can carry this church into the future. This collection of stones that you have brought together, let them carry us, Lord God, deeper into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that they walk in unity. Lord, I pray that they walk in your love. Lord, laid out in Ephesians 4 and 5, Lord God. Let them walk in unity. Let them walk in love. Showing love to their brothers and everyone else. and Showing love to God. Let them walk in wisdom. That far exceeds their, their years. Let them be endowed with wisdom to, to make the right choices, to see and to know the will of God. Lord, and let them walk into the light as you are in the light. Let the light of Christ shine down on them right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Look at all these young people. You know, it starts at home. I, I couldn't, I barely finished last service. Because this is something that's really important to me and to my family and my heart, a father's heart. To see our kids walk in the fullness of Jesus Christ. To understand who he is. To know his love. For me to pass on the baton to my children. For them to grasp a hold of it firmly. And for them to run further beyond anything that I could ever imagine or hope for. That they could walk in the fullness of Christ. That's what I want. Is that what you want, church? Then we have to be the true church. We have to model it. We have to live it. And God's word will never come back void. Stand up. Have my altar counselors come.
Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Lord, open our hearts, open our minds. Lord, we are nothing without you. We are empty-handed. We are alive in you. Lord God, I just thank you for that. And I just pray right now, Lord. If there's anyone here that needs prayer, anyone here that needs to know you, Lord, let them come up here and, and pray with somebody today as we release. Healing. If you need somebody to stand with you, come up here. We got people to stand with you. Lord, I just pray as we, as we walk through our lives the rest of this week and in the future, Lord, let us be aware of what we're modeling, what we're teaching, what we're conveying, what we're speaking to our children and those around us. Lord, we are the church. We are the called out ones. And upon the rock and the knowledge of your sonship, this church is built. We just thank you for that. We declare it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.